Morning Heritage. Today is Tuesday, December 5th. This is Mr. Neese, and you are listening to The Griffin Rundown, a weekly podcast for HCA. I hope that you are listening together on the way to school this morning, and I want to start today off a a little bit differently. Uh, I want to share one passage. We are now 20 days away from Christmas Day, and we recognize so many of the passages, especially from Luke, that we read every year. And so I want to read a short one from Luke, and then maybe encourage and and hope that it might spur some discussion in the car or at home later on, maybe over dinner. But uh, in Luke 1, Luke writes uh, about the, the birth of Jesus, and the angel comes and visits Mary. And this is from Luke 1, verse 28 and following, it said, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Boy, we read that so often. Have we ever pondered why it is that the angel tells Mary that uh, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever? There's there's something in, in the history of Israel in relation to God's promises that, boy, I think that this is actually really big, um, really big news that the angel is giving to Mary here. So maybe uh, for discussion in the car this morning, or maybe later on over dinner, and 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 moms and dads might have to refer back to some passages in the Old Testament, maybe especially 2 Samuel 7, and um, gain some context for why the angel saying this to, to Mary and, and how great of significance it really has. So uh, we praise the Lord for, we praise God the Father for sending Jesus here that we might celebrate his incarnation and and that we might look forward to salvation in him. So by way of announcements today, Christmas concerts, they are coming next week, December 13th. Remember Peninsula and Northfield, uh, that's next Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Christ Community Chapel. Again, please don't show up at Peninsula. And then the following day, December 14th, Thursday, the Bainbridge campus at 6 p.m. at Parkside. So we look forward to the Christmas concerts together with you to celebrate and to sing about the incarnation of our of our Savior Jesus. This past Saturday was open house for Northfield and Bainbridge at the Bainbridge campus. And we look forward to open house this Saturday uh, for prospective families at the Peninsula campus. That's at 10 a.m. in Peninsula. So thank you for telling friends and colleagues and neighbors about Heritage. And then early dismissal. Hey, that's this week in in just a couple of days. So this Thursday is is our early release day, early dismissal. So at Northfield, that means at 145. And then for the Academy and Early Childhood, that means dismissal at 205. The study center remains unchanged that their dismissal will still be at 225. And and big thing, remember, there is no aftercare on these days. So um, that means please make sure you have a plan for uh, picking your children up early this Thursday 
for early dismissal. And then as we think about just other days, obviously we're coming up on Christmas break. That's really soon. So early childhood, they had you know, with the various options and, and programs that your children are in. So sometime next week, December 11th through 15 is their last day before the break. So be sure to double check with your child's teacher about when uh, your early childhood, uh, when that's when those children have their last day next week. And then Wednesday, December 20th is the last day for study center and academy before the break. And that is a noon dismissal day. So as, as we start to look out and prepare for a few weeks from now, um, December 20th is a noon dismissal. And then the SGO, you've heard us talk about this several times. We had Troy on a week or two ago to talk about various things related to the charter, but then he also brought up the SGO. And this is the one where uh, you get a tax credit by giving to Heritage for the sake of scholarship dollars for, for families that, that might need help coming to Heritage. So, um, And this is a no-brainer, tax credit. Uh, you will end up giving some, you will end up paying some taxes to the state of Ohio. Uh, well, you can redirect those dollars to Heritage instead, and it's a straight dollar for dollar tax credit. So hey, would you go to our website and you can click on um, giving for Heritage, and, and then you'll see that there's information there that, that will direct you to the SGO, the Scholarship Granting Organization. We encourage you to do this because this is money you'll spend one way or the other. You may as well give to Heritage for the sake of scholarships for students who may need it. So thank you so much for, for considering that. Our hymn for the week at Heritage is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, which is older. The, this hymn is older than our country itself. It dates back to the 1740s and was written by Charles Wesley. And as we're considering this hymn, boy, maybe that would have some impact also on understanding this scripture that I started the podcast by reading from Luke chapter 1. So come thou long expected Jesus. And as we're considering the SGO, I want to take another question related to the charter that came in about a month ago. And this person asked, <clears throat> will we be able to take advantage of the EdChoice funding available to us and also the SGO if that's possible? And uh, the answer is yes. Um, those, are, those are two totally different buckets and um, we will end up, we will continue to manage the SGO um, as we want to. Those are scholarship dollars that in conjunction with OSIN. Um, so yes, those are two different pools. And so families are not limited to either the, the scholarship through the SGO or EdChoice. So that is a great question that came in from a parent and uh, very happy for that answer. And now it's time for your favorite segment and mine. It is the joke of the week. And I have in the studio here with me Tristan, who is one of our fine fifth grade young men in Peninsula. Tristan, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hello. Hello. So Tristan told me a pretty funny joke recently. And I thought, yeah, I thought, I think that's pretty good for the Griffin rundown. So Tristan, are you ready to tell everybody your joke? What do you get when you mix pickles and money? What? Sourdough. Sourdough. <laughs> okay. Where'd you learn this joke? Did you make it up? Um, I actually read it in a book. You read it in a book. I like it. And does, does anyone laugh at home when you tell that one? Yeah. Who, who thinks it's funny? 
Um, mainly my brothers. The brothers. Yeah, you have a you have a lot of brothers. All right, Tristan. Thanks for telling us the joke, buddy. Welcome. You got it. All right. Thanks, bud. As you all know, we closed on the Pepper Pike property over the week of Thanksgiving. Much work has brought us to this point, and and we know there's still much work yet to be done. And as we consider the Lord's work and all that is still in front of us, we thought it might be helpful to hear from someone else who has been integral in this process. John Lertz has been a member of the Heritage Board for about five years and and has served then as the chairman for the last year and a half. Uh, John is a tireless supporter of Heritage, serving on, on several committees and giving many, many hours behind the scenes to get us to this point uh, with the Pepper Pike campus. So I am very thankful for John and his leadership. And and at the same time, I'm also very thankful for his wife, Jenny, who shares her husband so well with Heritage. Thank you, Jenny. Um, so without further ado, let's talk with John Lertz. Well, John Lertz, welcome to the Griffin Rundown. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Yeah. So John is just as a lead into our time together, would you remind the Heritage families how many board members we have and what is the board's responsibility? Sure. Happy to. Yeah. Currently we have nine voting board members and three advisory members, and we're constantly cultivating and looking for additional members. So if anyone has interest, uh, please express that to David. Uh, But we exist to protect the school. Uh, And we do that in two ways. One is through our fiduciary responsibility. uh, That is making sure that um, we can remain financially viable and exist for many, many generations to come. But then uh, as important, uh, if not more so, is that the school exists uh, to maintain the mission and vision of cultivating lifelong learners who think and live for Christ. And um, the board is very focused on making sure that the leadership uh, that we hire, uh, David and his his immediate reports, are all fully in support of that vision. And we really treat the school um, as not just a school, but uh, a ministry, a place where we can serve these kids and serve the families and train them up and disciple them to be uh, Christian leaders in the world. Amen. Yeah, I'm so thankful for the board's work and, and the, the long-term vision of, you know, hey, we want to be responsible now, but we also want to make the responsible decisions so that this, this school is here and on mission in 20 and 40 years from now. So very thankful for the board and your leadership in that, John. Um, well, hey, let's let's talk about the property for just a, just a couple of minutes here. John, it was a four-year process, three years to find the right location and then once the board settled on that location, it was another year to go through all the negotiating and, and then the due diligence and then closing. So looking back for years, it, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Did you anticipate it would ever take that long? <laughs> I, I sure didn't. In fact, if you remember, uh, I first joined the board in November of 2019. <laughs> and in my very first board meeting, um, Lance was the chair at that time. He asked for a volunteer to lead a search committee for a Northern campus uh, to replace um, Parkside Church. 
And uh, I looked around and I was the new guy and looking for something to do and some way to, to add value. And so I raised my hand <laughs> and it, uh, it kicked off, like you said, a four year process. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what my expectation was. I guess it, it didn't surprise me that it took that long. Uh, we did have a couple properties, uh, two in particular along the way, that we went pretty far down the path uh, towards purchasing. And uh, what really impressed me was that the Lord was in charge of this process the whole time because those two properties, both of them were viable, both of them were good. I felt that either one would have been great, uh, but there was not a, a full support of the board. Uh, and there was a few people on each of those properties that just didn't feel at peace. And so uh, the collective um, of the board and the thinking and the spirituality and the praying and all of the meditation that went into those things, that was all controlled by uh, our Lord in heaven. And he was in charge of that process. And he he was a steady hand and kept us moving until the right property came along. Uh, which we all know is in Pepper Pike, uh, the former Beachbrook property. So we're, we're just thankful along the years and along the way, just to be in his constant uh, presence and, and being guided by uh, him and his spirit. Um, and we're just very thankful that he's brought us to this point. Amen. Boy, that was a fateful decision four years ago to raise your hand, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it, it ended up being uh, a lot of work. Uh, but, you know, it was not, uh, there's many others that served on, on that committee. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, I can't, can't thank my brothers enough and my sisters that served on that committee through the years, because it's, it's a lot. You're, uh, you're looking at properties, you're talking to real estate agents, you're talking about partnerships with other organizations, you're trying to um, do the right thing um, as a board member uh, for the institution. But you're also you know, you have personal preference and you have you think about your own family and you try to keep those thoughts and feelings at bay, um, especially when it comes to location. Um, but it's uh, it, it it's a lot and it was a lot of extra work. And I'm very thankful to my wife, Jenny, uh, because she doesn't get to see a whole lot of me. And um, this this was quite a lot of extra work and uh, happy to do it and happy to stand in and serve uh, as the Lord calls. Um, but I'm relieved that we've located this property now and have finally closed. Amen. Amen. Um, well, you, you might've just stolen the answer to my next question. I'll, I'll ask it and, uh, we'll see if you got anything else up your sleeve. So John, I, I think, um, it's clear as you were just stating all along that the Lord's been leading for these past four years is we've been looking for the property. So it, you were just reflecting. I'm wondering if there's any other moments that stick out to you is that is just so evident for the Lord's leading or his provision uh, during this process. Yeah, sure. There, there was one that comes to mind. I think you're you're familiar with this one. Uh, when we had signed a letter of intent on the Beachbrook property and we had hired a architectural firm based in Richmond, Virginia, uh, called Glave and Holmes. And we set up a visit for them to fly here, um, get hotel rooms and have a two day visit at the property. And we hadn't quite come to terms yet on uh, the letter of intent. And we kept pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. And we said, OK, if we don't hear by Tuesday at 4 p.m. that we have an agreement, we're going to cancel the trip. And you texted me at 
3.58 p.m. that day and you said, hey, should we go ahead and cancel? And I said, yeah, it doesn't seem like we're going to come to an agreement with Beachbrook. So let's go ahead and cancel. And literally at 4.01 p.m., I got a text from the two attorneys that said we're in full agreement. <laughs> so I, I texted you back as quick as I could. Hold. Don't cancel the trip. Hold. Fortunately, you you got busy doing something else for a few minutes. So um, they ended up making the visit. And uh, it was just, you know, your your timing is one thing, but the Lord's timing is always perfect. So I was thankful in that moment that uh, he was overseeing those text messages back and forth in the timing of that day. Amen. This is why we should write things down, the, the testimonies of how the Lord's working, because I'd already forgotten that story. But yeah, it is clear that the Lord was working in, in each one of those minutes leading right down to these details. Yeah. I, and I have one other one that comes to mind. If, <laughs> if you remember um, the large portion of acreage that we were considering in Aurora, mm-hmm. uh, close to Parkside, um, we were, we had an LOI on that and we were going back and forth and back and forth. And there was a due date that, you know, we said, if we don't hit this, then, um, the deal is off. And we just, we didn't hear from the seller for like six weeks. And <laughs> we were getting a little frustrated on our side because we wanted to get that property and get the deal done. But in that time frame. Uh, we reached back out to Beachbrook and realized that they were now ready to engage with us. Because if you remember originally three years mm-hmm. ago, they weren't quite ready. And so for whatever reason, the seller was delaying that process. It was under the Lord's providence that that happened because we reached back out to Beachbrook and here we are today. And we'll be able to do so much more with that property and, mm-hmm we'll be able to save many, many millions in infrastructure and building costs uh, that we would have had to have incurred if we'd bought the other property in Aurora. So the Lord was in control of that process. We as um, worldly men and women were getting frustrated that it was taking a long time, but he did that on purpose. Amen. Yeah. And not only, you know, cost savings and and those things, but also just buildings that are already there. So there's, there's real time saving too of, hey, we can do things a lot faster because there's actually structures already there uh, in the Pepper Pike property. Amen. Amen. Yeah, boy, good stories. Thanks, John. Um, hey, so the, the, as you said, the closing is a done deal. You know, every, everyone got that email recently over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, so all 65 acres and, and the buildings on it are now the property of Heritage. So what do you, what's your message to families that are saying, hey, we want to come and serve? Oh, hey, we want you to come and serve too. We're, we're excited to have this property. Um, we're engaged with a construction company that is managing a really tight timeline to get us in by next fall. Uh, they believe that they can get us there. So we're going to trust in that and step out in faith and pray that the Lord makes that happen. But we are going to need uh, manpower. Um, if you remember what we did in Peninsula, if you were a family that was around then, uh, we had many, many days and opportunities to serve uh, just the physical things that need to be done, moving stuff, painting, replacing ceiling tiles, installing floor. So uh, all these things that we're going to need to do to the new property, um, we'll have sign up lists and opportunities to serve and we'll communicate that to the community. Uh, so if you are able to serve and you're willing, uh, we would be happy to have you. Yeah. 
And then what about, John, the families that say they want to give? What message do you have for them that, that may be wanting to give financial resources? Yeah, I would, I would say we, we need a lot of money. Uh, we are uh, aiming to open in 24 with our first initial phase of renovations that will get us around 30 classrooms. But we have plans over the next five and then 10 years to add 100 more classrooms. So um, we're going to need funds to do that. The Lord has all the money that we need. We know that. But as you consider your own financial position and seek to see if the Lord is calling you to give, um, I just pray that that everybody would be open to give sacrificially to this, uh, especially because our mission of cultivating lifelong learners who think and live for Christ has never been more important than it is today. Uh, I talked about this at the annual dinner a little bit. I talked about this at the Alistair dinner uh, in May. But the moral decline we're witnessing all around us is is just, it's heartbreaking. And the way we can fight this is to raise up our kids in the ways of the Lord and disciple them well. And every day, Daniel Bond talks about this, the handoff. Every day when I drop off my children at HCA, I know that they're going to be trained up in the Lord and stewarded well the entire day. And when they come back to me at night, they're going to be better than when I left them. And that's because of you, David, and Daniel, and Scott, and Pam, and all of our teachers, and all the staff, and everyone that's within the four walls of each of our buildings loves the Lord. And you can sense that sweet aroma of Christ when you come on campus, and the kids get that all day long. So, Let's train these kids up together. Let's donate sacrificially. Let's put our money where our heart is and, and let's make a difference because these kids are the future. And as our culture continues to decline, as the Bible promises it will, uh, we want our kids to have a strong foundation to come back to. Hmm. That's good. And then last one, John, maybe a softball. I think you were just teeing yourself up to get there. Uh, what do you hope to be able to say about heritage in 40 years from now? You're, 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 you have a walker now and uh, you're let, tooling around the campuses. What do you want to be able to say? Let me do the math real quick. Lord willing to see if I'll even be here in four years. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just hope that we remain um, true to our vision and that we, when people come on campus in 40 years, that they'll be able to smell the sweet aroma of Christ that we just talked about. And that ultimately heritage will have many, many alumni that are, uh, coming back with their kids and their grandkids. And I just pray that we make a lasting impact to the kingdom. And the work that we do at Heritage has uh, a great impact on spreading the gospel, not just in Northeastern Ohio, but maybe uh, across the entire U.S. So we talk about, David, as you know, at the board meetings, um, to only follow godly ambition and to remain humble and to remain in the Lord's perfect will. And we always aim to do those things. But we are open to whatever the Lord may have for heritage. And we believe in uh, the curriculum that is classical and Christian. We believe in the process and the trivium. We believe that the product that it creates is good. And it is something that is needed not just in Northeast and Ohio, but across the whole U.S. and across the globe. Hmm. Amen. I love it, John. Well, I'm so thankful for you, brother. I'm thankful for the whole board and and all the time and energy and effort that that you as the chairman of the board, but then, you know, you now representing the larger board. So can't say enough about 
the good and godly men and women that are here serving heritage behind the scenes. So thanks for all your work, brother. Amen, brother. Thank you for listening to the Griffin Rundown. As always, it is a pleasure to partner with you to cultivate our children to be lifelong learners who think and live for Christ. We'll be back again next Tuesday.